Well, amen. We'll continue now in our time of worship by opening up the Word of God. And we want to welcome you all to this time of worship today here at Imago Church, especially if this is your first time or one of your first times. Um, for those here in person and even anyone uh, checking things out online, we want to encourage anyone to continue to uh, just move forward in life together in person in 2022 and in this season of rebuilding once again. And um, yeah, extremely grateful uh, for all who, especially newer faces as well. And we welcome you with the welcome of the Lord. Yeah, please simply be our guest in this time. Um, and uh, we have a welcome uh, table right there in the hallway. So afterwards, if you haven't already, fill out a welcome card and a connect card. And we'd love to be able to know how we can be praying for you, how we can serve you. And um and just uh, care for you in this time as well. And um, just a couple of quick notes from the announcements that occurred earlier is uh, for men's Bible study, it will be this Wednesday and next from 6 to 7.30. But then I believe on May 11th, there's actually going to be a men's fellowship at the bowling alley here in Visalia. So uh, please go ahead and mark that down. Take part in it. Just another way to get to know other brothers in Christ here in the, the body and in the community of Imago. And for a women's Bible study, um, they will be actually uh, meeting at uh, our home in the Coral home. Uh, Charlotte will be sending out details of that uh, for this week as well. And then I believe the final um, meeting for the spring will be in the first Thursday of May. And, and then we'll be taking the summer break as well. So um, let's go ahead now and continue with our time of worship by opening up the Word of God, and um, today's uh, scripture comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 1 to 10, and we can go ahead and follow along with our Bibles, or you can hear God's Word read aloud, Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 1 to 10, Ephesians, capítulo 1, versículos 1 al 10, I'll be reading along, and the slides should just be right behind me as well, so let's go ahead and hear now with open ears and open hearts from the Word of God. In Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from our Lord and Father, uh, Jesus, from, our God, uh, from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise and, uh, of, of his glorious grace, which he has freely given to us, to, uh, to us in the one that he loves. Verse 7, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace, that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he pro proposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity 
to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your precious, precious word, Lord. Meet us, God, in the midst of our questions, in the midst of our anxieties, Lord God, in the midst of our loneliness, God. And would you be our true comforter this morning, Lord? Comfort us, help us, Lord God, to believe that each one of us is here through providence, through purpose, Lord. You're moving toward us. You're redeeming us, Lord God. You're restoring us into perfect love. God, forgive us when we just try to take matters into our own hands, when we just try to um, just fix things, Lord. And when we have that temptation, Lord God, may we be able to just pause, be still, know that you are God, and fix our eyes on you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We thank you. We know that many of us right now are going through a lot, and that's why we're here, because you call us, God. You call all of us who are burdened and heavy laden to come near to you, Lord. For your, your burden, Lord, is, is, is light, God. Thank you. Speak to us today, Lord, in a way that is clear and direct and fresh. In the faithful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Well, again, uh, welcome to all, and especially if this is your first time or one of your first times um, here at Imago Church. Um, we'd love to get to know you, a bit more of your story, how we can serve you and be praying for you as well. And just a little bit about Imago. Imago means created in the image of God. And really, God formed this community so that together we will be a gospel-centered, multicultural community where hope is built through restored relationships. Restored relationships with God and with each other. And we live that out in various ways, in our life together, in our worship, and even in that time that we call our time of hope through relationships, of greeting one another in the name of the Lord We've been restored to God, and we really exemplify that through being restored to one another as well. And immediately after service, there's going to be an opportunity to be able to, um, to fellowship uh, once again. We do that before service. We have some time of prayer and fellowship. And then immediately after service, there is a portion to be able to do that as well, because we really emphasize that. Um, that we really can experience, and we believe it, we can experience the hope of Christ through restored relationships with God and with one another. So uh, we're grateful to be in this journey together, um, especially in this post-Easter season. And as we continue in this season and spirit of Easter, we're actually going to be kicking off this new sermon series today, and it's going to be focused on growing up in Christ and how we can experience spiritual maturity. So that's something that really is part of the goal on this journey with God. In our journey with God, the goal is not just to grow old, but it's to grow up, to grow up in Christ. Not just to grow big, but to mature, to mature, to be reflectors of Jesus Christ in our lives, in our words, and in our actions. And today we're going to be taking time to open up just what that means, what it means to grow up in Christ and experience spiritual maturity. 
So together as a community, we'll be diving deep into the book of Ephesians um, through beginning this week, and then we'll be in Ephesians throughout the month, and then kick um, continue in the fall once again after um, going into a couple of other uh, different um, teachings in the summer. But really in this season of rebuilding, we are proactively making this disciple shift, as we've called it before here at Imago. A disciple shift. That's a shift in our mentality, especially on what it means to be the church, on what it means to be the body of Christ. Because Jesus calls us to follow him. And at Imago Church, we exist for that reason. We exist to be disciples who make disciples, who cultivate mature disciples, who reflect Jesus Christ in love, in life, in words and actions. So we worship through praise and fellowship. All of that is essential. And we're going to continue to do that every single Sunday here. But it cannot just stop there. In fact, Sunday worship is a celebration together. It's a celebration of all that God has done through Monday through Saturday. Discipleship is actually each person's relationship and journey with Jesus. Because as we've mentioned, Jesus calls us to follow him. And as we follow him, we will experience different stages of growth and discipleship. And we've mentioned some of these before uh, throughout um, our, our journey together here at Imago. But really the first stage in discipleship is really to connect with God That's the stage that some of us are in, and that's perfectly okay. We're taking that first step. This is your first church. You're you're exploring what it means to follow Jesus. So that's stage one, to connect with God through relationship, through transformation, and through uh, responsiveness to the Holy Spirit in each one of our lives. But then there's stage two. God calls us to the next step as well, and that is to grow and to mature And how do we grow and mature in Christ? Well, it begins by living authentically, by knowing that my life with God is not just this one checkmark time once a week, but it's really the center of my life. Authentic living and relational involvement with the people of God, with the church, God's family. So that's stage two, but then God continues to call us as we grow and develop and mature. And stage three is to serve. Just as God served us, we serve God and one another. Serving others um, joyfully, not out of obligation, but joyfully out of a heart of gratitude and generosity. That's reflecting the heart of God as well when we become other-centered. And then there's stage four which we've talked about, right? Connecting with God, um, maturing, serving. But stage four is multiplying, embracing your God-given shape, your God-given spiritual gifts, your God-given personality, and using all of that, all of those experiences, using them for God's glory as you make and multiply disciples, as you pass on what has been passed on to you as well. Now, friends, brothers, sisters, in order to make or multiply uh, disciples, then there's really one requirement. You need to be a disciple in order to make and multiply disciples. Because here's the truth. You and I can only multiply who we are. 
We can only produce the fruit of who we are. We actually can't multiply what we say. We can't multiply what we think. We can't multiply just our good intentions or in things we do once in a while. But you and I, we multiply who we are. That's why Jesus himself says it. He says, you will know those who reflect me, those who follow me, as it says in Matthew 7.20. He says, thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not by their works, not by their intentions, not by their thoughts, not by the way they appeared to others, but by their fruits, you will know them. And that's the journey we're on together. None of us knows how to do it perfectly, but we worship a perfect God who will teach us the way, what it means to grow up in Christ, what it means to mature and reproduce fruit. So in this season, we're not looking just for the quick fix or the quick results, but we're looking together as a community for real eternal fruit that can be multiplied. And I know it's tempting, even for me as a pastor. It can be tempting to want to take the shortcut, to want to take the quick fix. But as a community, we're not just interested in quick things or big things, but in eternal things. And God is up to an eternal work here with us, even in this humble gathering, in this humble journey that we've been on together. God will do and continue to do greater things. The passage that we read this morning is in the book of Ephesians. And this book is uh, is, um, one of Paul's letters. It's uh, a letter to a church. It was dated around um, the year 62. The apostle Paul, who was an early Christian leader, he wrote this letter to the Ephesians, uh, most likely while he was under house arrest in Rome. And in the book of Ephesians, some of you have read it before, but in Ephesians, there are actually two main themes in this entire book. Every book in the Bible has a theme and purpose. But the first theme in Ephesians is this, and it says it in uh, verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 10, is that Jesus Christ has reconciled all creation to himself and to God. That's a huge theme that God sees what's broken and he's going to restore it and unify it all in Christ. So that's the first big theme in Ephesians, that Jesus Christ has restored creation back to himself and to God. And then the second theme in Ephesians we see throughout the rest of the book and we're going to be exploring this together. The second theme is that Jesus Christ has united people from all nations to himself and to one another in his church, in his family. So God has restored all things and God has united all people in Christ. Wow, that's a a huge theme. That's actually what we see here in Scripture, that God is even revealing to us what his dreams are to restore creation and to restore people, all in Christ. So we see here that God has that big dream, and he wants to begin with his family, with the church, the church with the big C, really. Big C church is really all followers of Jesus, those that are part of the family of God. A Christian is really someone who places their faith and their trust 
in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Because the God that we worship and gather around is really the God of all nations, of all languages. Even here at Imago in the Central Valley, we have people from all, diff all different kinds of nations and languages gathered together around this same living Lord. The Holy Spirit is actually our great connector, the translator, the one who connects us to God and to one another. The Holy Spirit is the one who helps us to embrace our own God-given culture, but also helps us to celebrate the cultural uniqueness of our sisters and brothers in Christ around us. That's who we are, the family of God, the family of God carrying on the mission of Jesus. And as witnesses of this good news, of this gospel, we are a sent community empowered by the Holy Spirit to reflect the kingdom of God wherever we go. We have a new calling, a new address, a new purpose. And so really that's part of our purpose, that we are witnesses of this eternal story of God's salvation for all of humanity in Christ Jesus. We witness to the story of, of hope through relationships, of the hope of Christ through restored relationships. Again, remember, those are the two main themes in the book of Ephesians, that God has restored all of creation and restored all people back to himself. And this same good news that we're proclaiming, that we're going to be reflecting on throughout the month of May, this same good news that we're gathered around was the same story witnessed by a community of early Christians in a city in modern-day Turkey today, in the city by the name of Ephesus. And here, it's in Ephesus, in the book of Ephesians, that God is honest, he's forthright, he's vulnerable, and actually shares his dreams, his dreams for humanity, his dreams for creation, of restoring all things back to himself. Restored relationship with God, with creation, and with each other. That's what God is up to. So all of this is a sign and wonder that points to that. All the worship, all the evangelizing, all the mission, all of that, all the fellowship, all the connection, all of the serving is a sign and wonder that points to God's dream of restoring all things and all people back to himself. And this restoration was accomplished through the work of God. And this is God's continued dream. And we can receive that dream, that good news. We can receive that by faith through grace. Faith is really simply acceptance. Faith is the acceptance of what God has done through the person and work of Jesus Christ. So there's a lot of church words right out there that sometimes we use and sometimes we share and we proclaim but we don't always know what they mean faith is that simply the acceptance of what god has done through jesus christ grace is another word some of us have heard it before and we're going to be reading a lot about that in the book of ephesians but grace is simply an undeserved gift it's a gift that God has given us, but we didn't deserve it. We didn't do anything to earn it. So the grace of God is that, yes, it's an undeserved gift, but grace is also part of the character of God. It's who God is. It's who God chooses to be, and it is what God chooses to do. Grace is also the work of God. 
Grace is who God chooses to be. God chooses to save us. God chooses to restore us back to himself and to each other. Nobody forced him to do it. Nobody convinced him that that was a good idea, but he chose to save us and to be God to us because grace is part of the character of God. It's who he is. Amen? The grace of God is also, as this passage talks about, right, this kind of big word that can seem intimidating and scary, but I want to invite us to embrace it and to actually see what God may be up to when we embrace some of these mysteries of God. But the grace of God is also connected to, as it says here in this passage, the election of God. The election of God is who God chooses to be, who he elects to be. He elected to save us for the sake of gifting us with sonship and with daughtership through adoption. Now, our lives are meant to be lived as gratitude to the grace of God. And there's, um, a, you know, in this journey of spiritual maturity, I think we want to learn how to embrace some of these things that have sometimes been mystery to us or intimidating to us, right? When we hear words like election and predestination of God, in this journey of maturity, we're just going to move forward with open hands and ask God to teach us. It's okay if we don't know, but we ask God to teach us his ways. So as it says here in this passage, if we can put it up, for example, in um, Ephesians 1, beginning at verse 3, it says this. It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship and daughtership through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will for the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. So yeah, you know, so sometimes there are some words like that and passages that we read in the Bible and we're like, uh, I'll just skip over that or I'll just, you know, pass right now, right? And, but as we're maturing, that's part of the journey of spiritual maturity. Don't run away, don't ignore, but embrace. Embrace and engage. Come before the Lord humbly and ask the Lord to teach us, to guide us. Similar too, right? Some people can be intimidated by words like this or even words like uh, the revelation or whatever that means, right? Some people can be intimidated by that, but instead, we can trust God to be God. We can trust that God is good and he has something good in store with all of those big concepts and ideas. So let's be clear about this. When we read or when we hear about the election of God or the predestination of God, let's start here. Do not be afraid. There's nothing to fear. But actually, this is something to be grateful for. Because we know that God is good and he can be trusted. 
Now, in order to understand this clearly, um, it's really going to require a shift in our thinking, for example. In our thinking, we have to let go of maybe some old ideas of uh, what we think of with regards to election or predestination. And really, my friend, um, who's one of my closest friends and a pastoral, me pastoral mentor, he helped me understand um, how to truly begin to engage this whole idea of uh, God's election, God's predestination through a new lens, through the lens of grace, of mercy, through the image of God. So this whole idea of election and predestination, it really talks about it here through adoption, right? How do we understand adoption? This very good friend of mine um, who uh, adopted his first two daughters, he said that that was really one of the greatest experiences, most, one of the most challenging, but one of the most forming experiences in his life that helped him understand the heart of God as well when he and his wife went through the process of adopting their twin daughters. And I'll never forget this. He, he once told me this. He said, through childbirth, we reflect the ministry of creation and through and that we actually can reflect the ministry of reconciliation through adoption so both creation and reconciliation are both equally powerful ways of reflecting the heart of god whether um, we're, we're parents in those different contexts and it's amazing because even Charlotte and I have known um, this family and have known these two girls since they were about two or three years old and we've had this kind of auntie and uncle kind of role in their lives. And now it's amazing to think that they are now both almost 18 years old. But again, just to think about that idea as we, as we think about what scripture is saying here with regards to God's uh, uh, election as well. The image of God's election is not some random lottery. So that's an old idea we have to let go of, right? Some people can um, live in some kind of fear. Oh, did, did God choose me or not? Or what, what's God's, what, what's, what does this mean for me? If it said it was even before the creation. It's not just some random lottery. But we can only understand God's election, God's predestination, when we understand two of the primary qualities of God, and that is first, the love of God and the grace of God. So in order to understand God's election for the sake of adoption, we must understand them in light of God's love and of God's grace. So the best way that I can explain it is like this, right? God sees you and me. He sees us just as we are, sometimes hurt, sometimes wounded, sometimes with a feeling of not belonging anywhere, sometimes feeling like an orphan without a home, and God sees us, and because of his love, because of his grace, he sees us and he says, I choose you, I choose you. I elect to be your God and I elect for you to be my son or my daughter. 
I adopt you into my family. I'm giving you a new name in Christ. I'm giving you a new address in Christ. I'm giving you a new beginning and a new birth certificate in Christ. Amen. That's who God is. That's who God elects to be. That's who God chooses to be. He chooses to be our God and for us to be his people. We are adopted into kinship. We're adopted into daughtership and sonship. And anyone here, and we have families here at Imago that have been familiar with the adoption process. Any of us, any of us that have been familiar with that process, we know that regardless of age, when a child is adopted, they get a brand new birth certificate. Whether this is a baby that's newly born or sometimes teenagers near adulthood, I've seen beautiful experiences of this in, in, in families. But remember that, that applies to us. That because of Jesus, no matter our age, no matter our stage, no matter what we've done or what happened then, when we trust and when we abide in Christ, God gives us a new birth certificate. He gives us a new beginning. So friends, brothers, sisters, when we read about this, when we read about these bigger ideas, election and predestination in scripture, we're actually reading about the amazing grace of God. We're reading about the uncontrollable, unimaginable, passionate love of God. The God who has elected to make a choice. And he chooses you. He chooses me. He chooses us. Just as we are. God chooses to love you. God chooses to accept you. God says, I choose to be God to you. Place your trust in Jesus. And because of him, I choose to call you my son or my daughter. That's God's declaration in your life. That's God's promise. God promises, I'm giving you a new identity. I'm giving you a new purpose, a new beginning, a new story. God chooses to gift us with restored hope, with restored relationships. Friends, brothers, sisters, this is who God is. This is who God elects and chooses to be. And this is an ongoing theme throughout the scriptures. God's promise, God's declaration that I will be your God and you will be my people. Friends, brothers, sisters, we are called. We are called to greater purposes. That's who you are. That's who we are. We are called. The Lord is our God and we are his people. We've been grafted in to his family. We've been adopted as sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. So may that be our confidence. May our calling be our confidence not our circumstances. Because guess what? Circumstances come and they go. 
but his calling remains the same. His calling is eternal. As far as circumstances, and we've talked about this in different seasons, in even pastoral care and seasons we've been on as a church and journeys we've been on as a church, our confidence must be in our calling instead of circumstances because circumstances change. Today is what? Uh, April 2022. We can think back to April 2021. Are your circumstances exactly the same? No. They come and they go, they shift, they change, but the calling of God remains the same. May that be our confidence, our calling, not just our circumstance. He calls you beloved son. He calls you precious daughter of the Most High. You know who you are because you know whose you are. And in this new beginning, in this introduction, in this journey of seeing God's dreams that we see here in the book of Ephesians, may we make this shift, this discipleship together. That our confidence doesn't come from circumstances, it comes from our calling. May we experience spiritual maturity which begins with the understanding, with the realization that God has restored all things, all of creation, all people back to himself in Christ. God restores us to each other in Christ. We are called by God. And when we place our faith and our hope in Jesus Christ, we are adopted as sons and daughters of our almighty God. Sons and daughters, adopted into sonship, adopted into daughtership. You and I, we have a new identity. We have a new name. We have a new purpose. And hallelujah, by the grace and the love of God, we have a new birth certificate. A clean slate. A new beginning in Christ. Amen. Let's pray. God, we're grateful that you meet us where we're at and you take us, Lord, where we need to be. Help us, Lord, to lean in and to yield to you always, God. Lord God, you've given us a new address. You've given us a new identity in you. Lord God, we now, as we'll be able to see later on in Ephesians, Lord, because we've been adopted as your children into sonship, into daughtership, we now have a joyous home with our Abba Father, Lord God. We have a confidence that is not based on circumstances, situations, but in this living hope, God, in this calling, that will never end because it's who you have chosen to be to us, God. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to figure all of this out because you're the one who made your plan known to us to unite all things in heaven and on earth, all things above and below and all people, to unite them all in Christ, Lord. Lord, I pray that this week, instead of us just wanting to do our own thing, 
Would you, Lord, just align us more with your heart and with your mind? God, teach us what it means to grow up in Christ. May we not settle just for growing old in our faith. May we not just settle for growing big or appearing so, Lord. But may we pursue you with our whole hearts and our whole lives, Lord, to experience next-level peace, next-level maturity in you, God. Lord, you have called us to follow you and to be in line with this big dream of yours, God. May your dreams become our dreams, Lord God. God, give us the courage to follow you. In the midst of uncertain circumstances, Lord, may we stand boldly and confidently in your calling. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your faithful name that we pray. Amen.